Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. <gasps> Bobby? Alex, how are you? What's going on? Nothing much. I'm excited. I just realized this episode comes out in two days. So whatever we talk about today is still like fresh by the time they hear it. Crazy. Amazing. That We're not talking like happens. a month in advance of people be like, talk about stuff like, wait, that happened so <laughs> long ago. Why does anybody care? <laughs> two days from now. So, which means we can talk about what we did last Thursday. That's true. Uh, that was a great event. And I mean, I just, I'm still getting over the closer's incredible victory. Um, you know, it, it... <laughs> uh, Amber's giving you a look, Alex. It feels like we're having a little well, bit of revisionist history going on right now. I mean, there are, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell's going to come in here, but we, <laughs> shout out to Malcolm Gladwell. I'm sure he's an avid listener to the, to the podcast. I feel like I need to change my book bit at the last moment now. <laughs> No, I, but okay. There, there are other victories other than just like the, you know, whether or not you won or lost at a softball game. And we were definitely victorious in coordination, not physical coordination. We're, we're certainly not athletic in any way, shape or form, but we communicated a lot and, uh, and we, we dressed very effectively. My favorite part of softball night though, if I'm going to be honest was when I got to be a pickle. I may have come in last. Well, here's the thing. I think Andre and I tied because Andre fell and rolled to the finish line. And I feel like we both got there at the same time with him rolling and me kind of jumping over him at the yeah. finish line. So there was that. But Mustard, Sarah Rupp, she 100% won. She was like, I'm so slow. And then she was like, just sprinting. She was on fire. And that was after getting completely like. Oh, yeah. That was, she was flattened. I was by Corey her. Stewart. Those yeah. see, that's the other thing is that that home, the home, uh, home runners, the homers. That's what I home, called them. The homers. They were. Uh, they played dirty. That's they the only did. reason they won was because mm -hmm. they, they basically. I mean, they recognized that Sarah Rupp was our star player, yep. and they, they just, took her out. They took her out in that first inning. So, yep, you know. Even Jennifer Justice was talking smack to Sarah Rupp at one point. That one play where is she out? Is she not out? Is she out? Is she not out? Like, yeah, I heard that times. got contentious. Yeah. Well, Jennifer turned to her and said, in real baseball, you'd be out. Well, good thing this wasn't real baseball because we didn't have real outs. So it's fine. <laughs> well, it was but a fun time. Oh, but most importantly, yes, $86,000 raised for our pack. Whoop, whoop. That is incredible. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was, I, I'll be honest with you. I was sitting there thinking, why am I playing softball? And I, I wondered that to until this morning when I woke up and nothing hurt anymore. Mm. Um, but <laughs> sitting there, why am I doing this to read? And it obviously worked. So now I'm afraid we're stuck doing it for a while. I mm -hmm. slid into third base and I still have. Injuries. How was your side? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little, yeah. Nobody on the podcast can see that or no. nobody who's listening can see that, but yeah, there, it was, it, it was bloody it was like and kind of gross for a second. It was like the second play of the game and you it slid was. into third. Like, and I, I was, was like, safe. Oh, wow. And, and my wife was infuriated with me. She was so mad at me because she told me not to slide. And it and did you... slow me down for the rest of the game. I still scored twice though. I mean, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. For, for I an opera guy, well. I didn't play too bad. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. You talked about like not being sore this morning. I'm still sore this morning. And what I is like, I'm a long distance runner. I, right. I scored two runs. I did the pickle run and, but you use way different muscle sprinting than you do long distance right. running like there to totally. And I run, I'm leaving Wednesday to fly out to Oregon and do a 200 mile relay race. And I'm like, well, crap, I need my legs to like get better. You know. But the, um, uh, the worst part for me was, and you don't know anything about this. If you may or may not have noticed, but right after the game, I just disappeared. Like I just was gone. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. On our drive down to the game, I started getting a migraine and I was like, oh, this isn't good. And we didn't have any meds in the car, but I thought, you know what? We're on the way. We're going to do it. I got there. I just kind of pushed it aside. And as soon as the game was over, it like was back. And I walked back up to my family and I said, we're out. We're going home. Well, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was carrying around like a yellow drawstring bag that had, it looked like a softball and it had my name on it. Andrea had brought that to me and she filled it with sunflower seeds and a double bubble for our team. And we're driving home and all of a sudden I realized, oh God, I'm going to get sick. And so like I had to dump the entire stuff and that was my sick bag because I got sick from my migraine driving home. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it's funny to me now. Cause I'm just like, I just like during the game, I just pushed through, did whatever, you know, like we're going to, yeah. and, I, but I was sad cause I missed the whole entire auction. So I didn't get anything. No, I wanted to, bummer. I was going to give you some money. I got half a hog and some other great things. It was a fun time. So I need half a hog. Actually, I need half a cow more than I need half a hog. So there's that. That's how we know we live in the Midwest. We talk about half, half, half hog. I'm going to get my cows. quarter beef, my half hog. All right. I think that it's pretty obvious that it was just a really stellar event. And uh, Jeff and Derek did a phenomenal job. Staff, April did oh. an incredible job. Oh, my gosh. We didn't talk cool about window. you chasing Kip with the water cooler and dumping ice over him. But Kip and- had some moves. But you had the awkwardness of the handle being up. And so I was afraid you were going to knock him in the head with the lid, quite frank, with you. So here's the thing. I'm running out there with Angela, and I th- I figured I would have the help of Angela <laughs> to do this. And then she just lets go. And I'm like, okay, so now what? And so I keep running, thinking, all right, I surely, you know, I'm a little exhausted, but surely I can, you know, outrun Kip. It's but the cooler was heavy. And... And it was full of ice. And so Kip does like one little juke and I fall, (laughs) which by the way, in that video, somehow the expletive doesn't quite, you can't quite tell what I said, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm confident that it was not, I'm glad there wasn't a live mic on the situation. Right. And then, you know, I, I tried to dump the ice on him, but I, I did, I, it wasn't as good as it should have been. I, I was still kind of impressed because I've never really seen someone run around with a cooler with the handle up. Like, you know, it wasn't like it was a Gatorade thing. You just dump over their head. Like you had multiple moving parts within uh, that. So <laughs> honestly, it was quite impressive. The we lid were the closed process. on my hand. And then, and I'll also add that like, I was sore yeah. and, and I'm still, I mean, I'm still a little bit sore, like in my hip flexors. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that has to be the reason why is because of that fall. So, yeah. uh, anyway, I was but. in the process of leaving whenever I saw that starting and I was like, wait, we got to wait like 30 seconds. I got to see this play out. And then it took like two minutes. So it and was I, have to, I have to give a thank you to Kip because he, 
after I fell, he intentionally slowed down so that I could so that I could get him. Because so. he realized it was going to happen, whether oh, whether yeah. we just submitted to it now or we let this drag on for half an hour, it was happening. That's right. I yeah. should have snuck up on him. We should have yeah. just snuck up on him a little bit more creatively, and instead yeah. we made a big production of the fact that we were coming. And yeah, anyway, That's, you never give yourself away. You know that. I'm glad that I'm glad that it was Kip that that we dumped it on because I originally I was going to dump it on Jeff and I think Kip um, was a better sport about it than Jeff would have been. I agree with that statement. I'd say the only <laughs> other person you could have dumped it on would have been Kenny Parcell. So maybe, yeah, yes, that that. But I was afraid of Kenny, <laughs> as one should be. He's, that is that guy is jacked. He's muscle. He's Man. just solid. He muscle. looks just like Steve Irvine. The the guy who does stuff with the Food Network and does like those Gordon oh, Ramsay yeah, yeah, yeah. knockoff shows. Yep. Got those Fit Crunch bars. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, he looks just like him, like spitting image. Well, they don't look exactly like they're very muscly, but they don't. They would put face to face. Look okay, it up. I, look it up. You right now. So no. everybody can see. No, I'm kidding. All right, we should do the podcast. All right, we should do. A, we should do a podcast. That's a great idea. Who we're are we bringing on today, Alex? Do you even today. know? What we're we're talking about commercial today. That's right. Commercial what? Commercials like on TV, like commercial the Target. real estate. Oh, real. This is a real estate podcast, after all. All right, we're going to bring on the 2022 president of KCRAR Commercial, Daniel Barcado, and he's going to give us an update on the local commercial market and how we should expect it to affect us in the residential sector. So we always love our commercial friends. So I'm excited to have Daniel on here. Should be a fun time. And meanwhile, do you have a book bit? Yes, I do. Why do I even ask? I don't know. Because one of these days I'm not, and we're going to be like, just assumed I had, and then be like, oopsie doodle. <laughs> do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey. All right. Today's book bit is I, you know, I went real uh, astrophysics last week, so I thought I needed to go with something a little bit more fun this week. And the book is called That Sounds Fun by uh, Annie Downs. And it's just a book that helps you uncover some secrets to a happy life. And the quote from the book is, travel has always been one of the best parts of my job. About a year ago, I felt God whisper to me, you're going to want to stay home next fall. And it just talks about listening to that inner voice inside of us. and that. Um, and they say happiness is found in the little things yet no one ever maps out what those little things actually are. So, you know, the book talks about, you know, maybe it sounds complicated, but we're all way too busy these days and we don't ever take time to engage with our non-lucrative activities. When we take time to do something, we want to make sure we're going to make money or something else from it too. So the three life lessons from the book, the number one is pure joy and fun can be found in the simplest of moments, which I would say playing softball the other day was a very simple moment, and we all had pure fun and joy like little children uh, running around. And it talks about the fact that fun isn't necessarily an activity, but a feeling that we have. And the author suggests that enjoying the little things and doing more of those tiny little activities that make us happy sometimes are the, just that thing that will do the trick, whether it's having a, a cup of hot chocolate, watering the plants, riding a bicycle, whatever your thing is. My family makes fun of me, but probably four or five nights out of the week, I take just a hot bath for like 10 minutes and it can be hundred degrees outside and I'll go take a hot bath. It just brings me joy. It's just a little moment of to myself. It's some Zen and I do it. The uh, second life lesson is 
Fun starts right here, right now. So stop planting seeds for your future joy. Um, it talks about, you know, so often we're, we're not ready for this now. And we put off life, but we need to enjoy life now in addition to life in the future. Stop planting seeds for the future and start harvesting the ones you've already been growing for so long was another quote that I liked from the book. And it talks about it takes time to enjoy all little things, have fun and stop postponing happiness. The lesson is that joy starts when you let go of your imagination and just start living in the present moment. And then the third life lesson is before we start having fun, we need to deal with our negative feelings first and kind of not get them out of the way, but we need to, you know, recognize that we have that fake smiling often just makes us sadder than we actually were. That fake it till you make it doesn't actually truly work for us a lot of the time. So it's best to acknowledge how we truly feel and deal with that before we can enjoy life to its fullest. And then another great aspect of the book was it highlighted the importance of having hobbies. And often we forget about our silly passions and leisure activities due to work and an overbooked schedule. But if we want happier days, we need to remember what our hobbies are and create time in our schedule for them. So that's my book bit. That Sounds Fun by Annie Downs. You know what? I'm not going to add to my list of hobbies. Softball softball i don't think so um so so everybody knows our nice supportive amazing teammates of several of you who were actually really good uh then sent out an email afterwards saying hey guys wouldn't you like to do fall ball together let's all create a team and let's go play and i was like that sounds horrible i mean it sounds like fun and yet i'm not good i think at all i think i could I could probably, maybe I could get into it, but it, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just seemed like it, it moved so slow and yet I was so sore. It moved so slow and yet we only had three innings. Like we yeah. didn't even play a full game. Actually, next we played year. two and a half innings, quite next, frankly. <laughs> I don't know. Thank God. <laughs> maybe next year, only two innings or one or one and a half, oh, depending one on. One and a half. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's, I think we'll be much better next year. That You know, oh, one yeah. of the things I was nervous about because before the game, you guys were, you know, playing catch with each other. I never had a catch partner. So I never had any practice catches or practice throws before the game. So I was petrified when we were out on the field playing defense. Like, I never practiced throwing or catching before the game because I didn't have a partner. And so I was very nervous. And then whenever, <laughs> but when Kyle couldn't run and I had to, you know, be his uh, pinch runner, I was super excited about that because I can run a base. I can do that. Well, there you go. You you were solid at that too. Yeah. All right. Should should we bring on Daniel? We should totally go find Daniel and bring him on. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. We are here with our guest Daniel Bracado, who's the 2022 KCRER Commercial President. Welcome, Daniel. We're excited to have you as a member of the podcast. Now we can add you to the Hall of Fame, our alumni, and. Um, <laughs> Give us a little bit of your background of how what you did before commercial real estate, if anything, and your just your experience within commercial. Yeah, um, so I've been in commercial real estate since uh, I graduated college. I got straight out of college, came to Block and Company, uh, did property management actually for two, uh, two and a half, three years, and uh, from then I switched into leasing and sales. And that property management background kind of gave me a, an opportunity to work with with different tenants and with landlords and uh, review leases and kind of gave me a good foot uh, footing before I jumped into leasing and sales. Awesome. 
How'd you get yeah. to how, how did you get involved in being the president of KCRER commercial? I always curious <laughs> about how people get roped in because I know how I got roped in. So yeah. Um, through a friend, really. John Hofer works over at Newmark Grub Zimmer. Uh, he was uh, very involved and he's been a longtime friend. We went to Rockers together. Um, so, you know, just that connection. And he said, I think you'd be great for it. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's time for you to take over. <laughs> I said, yeah. okay. Well, tell us a little bit about your leadership trajectory there. So how long were you on the board before you started moving up the chairs? Well, I was actually only on the board, the commercial division board, uh, for one year. And then after that, um, you know, I kind of got the idea of what was going on and there really weren't any other volunteers at the time. So, uh, I got the opportunity to jump up into the presidential role at, at year two when I was over there. You got voluntold, just so you know, Alex and I have been voluntold many, many times. That's We've all been there. Yep. It's sure. a trap. Exactly. Yeah. Once you once you allow yourself to be vol voluntold once, it mm -hmm. will keep happening. So yeah, it's like Akbar. It's a trap. One hundred percent. So yeah. fine. All right. Let's talk a little bit about um commercial. What commercial segments are performing the best right now? And how does the KC region compare with other markets as far as trends and things that are going on? Sure. Well, um, I'll just cover it as a whole first. Uh Kansas City, you know, at all real estate has its ups and downs, right? Um, but on coastal cities, it tends to be a more drastic up and a more drastic down. So Kansas City kind of is the the middle ground of all that. You know, we, we experienced some good years and we experienced some not so good years, but the not so good years really aren't horrible. Um, it's You're still making money. Uh, it's just less than maybe what you are on, on some of those really solid good years. And we've had two very strong years this year and last year. Uh, coming out of COVID uh, on the commercial side. Um, so as far as what's doing really well right now, industrial is has been very, very hot, even since before COVID, but even after COVID. Uh, it really allowed people to realize that they could do a lot of their shopping online. Uh, retailers realized they didn't need as big of a, of a footprint as they might have previously. So uh, they switched to smaller retail sections and bigger warehouse. So there's been a, a drastic need for warehouse uh, over the past couple of years. Um, I would say also multifamily has done very, very well over the past couple of years um, with continuing uh, lower cap rates, higher prices, um, but uh, that's that's seeing a little bit of a slowdown on the multifamily sector just because of interest rates rising. Hmm. Uh, retail has been doing very well also, surprisingly, um, just kind of people shifting what they were doing. So a lot of the, the bigger box retailers, uh, of course, are shrinking their size, their overall footprint, where maybe they once were in 40,000 square feet. Now they're in 15 to 20,000 square feet. Uh, restaurants also compressing the amount of size that they need, adding drive-throughs, adding pickup windows, you know, things like that to really have the same effect as maybe they did previously, but now doing it in a smaller footprint um, to, you know, basically help their overall profit uh, with lower rents. So what areas of the Kansas City marketplace are experiencing uh, that much growth, especially on the industrial side of things? Yeah, so um, Olathe has always been a, a pretty good hotspot for uh, industrial. Um, you even see areas to the west of I-35 and Lenexa. Uh, that whole pocket of industrial over there has done very well. Um, but, uh, you know, historic uh, industrial areas like Front Street, um, even uh, you see some of the areas like West Bottoms, East Bottoms that are kind of uh, revitalizing some of the industrial in that area. 
Um, and some of it is actually being converted into multifamily. So, you know, as far as industrial goes, it's, it's citywide, but uh, in certain areas of Kansas City, you really are landlocked to the point where you can't add industrial, right? So people looking at the outskirts, uh, obviously, I'm sure you guys have heard about the uh, big Panasonic deal out yeah. in DeSoto, right? Um, so that's, you know, millions of square feet of warehouse uh, for data center, for, for uh, manufacturing of, of the batteries, actually, for, for Tesla. Um, so that's, uh, that's a huge industrial development that's, that's on its way into the Kansas side. Um, and then you see a lot of, uh, industrial development up North as well. Um, data centers, uh, manufacturing plants, things like that, uh, just where you have enough ground to actually build, uh, the massive amounts of industrial that, that people are requiring. Do you feel like the airport is, is playing a, a role in additional industrial activity as well? Um, the airport, I don't know if it's necessarily playing a role in industrial activity, but it's definitely bringing a lot of life to Kansas City in general. I mean, I think it's affecting all the different sectors. You have uh, easier access in and out, which is, is driving businesses to come here, uh, businesses to open up. Uh, like I said, multifamily has been taken off. So ground up construction on multifamily is allowing more people to actually live in the city. Uh, we're experiencing a boom overall. I mean, even in the retail sector, new restaurants coming to town that weren't previously here. Whataburger made a splash, mm-hmm. uh, planning to open about 15 locations. So, you know, it's it's really, we're getting some of those bigger name people coming to Kansas City. And, um, you know, uh, like I, I've said before, we're not really a Chicago or a New York, and I don't think we ever want to be, but uh, definitely making a, a bigger impact on the national scale than maybe we have in the, in the last 10 to 20 years. Yeah. And as someone who's a frequent flyer, I cannot wait for the new airport to open and just like, I, you know, it's nice the calm one we have now, but yet I'm super excited. Like every time I go, I'm like, Oh, there's more done. There's more done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking about, you know, talking some more about commercial real estate, what are you anticipating seeing in the next 12 months for commercial real estate? You know, you mentioned the Panasonic um, warehouse there. Any other noteworthy projects coming to the KC region? Um, as far as major development, uh, all along the riverfront, you know, they're doing a lot of, uh, we have the, the, the women's uh, soccer stadium that's being built down there, along with uh, the area in general, um, over the past probably three years, really has seen a lot of uh, multifamily and uh, barquet, you know, the dog park, um, along with, you know, they do yoga in the park and the big grass areas down there. We have the streetcar expansion that's running from riverfront going all the way down to close to the plaza. Um, so really it's going to bring a, a new main vein that's going to kind of have that connectivity from the plaza all the way down to uh, that riverfront area. So yeah, I see, I see as, as Main Street continues to develop, you're seeing a lot of um, developers that are buying up property along Main Street to convert them to, you know, different fancy restaurants and, and multifamily and, and retailers are really going to start focusing more on that area um, because of, of the traffic and the amount of people that will now be flowing through Main Street. So uh, I see a lot of that being developed. Um, I see the continuing of uh, industrial in, in the areas that we've talked about. Uh, outside of that, you know, uh, a lot of um, office really, which, which we haven't touched on yet, office is, is trying to add more amenities just in general to a lot of the buildings that they have. So, you know, I see a lot of that uh, to the people that are coming to the office, 
really want to incentivize them to be there. Um, and, and it's a company by company kind of decision as far as how much of the, uh, of the company needs to come back into the office. So we're seeing a lot of gyms. Uh, I've seen some offices that are incorporating some kind of daycare into the actual office building. Uh, but mostly, you know, gyms, cafes, coffee shop type of thing, uh, a place where you really don't have to leave the office once you're actually there um, and, and increasing those those types of amenities. And speaking of predictions, because I asked you to predict over the 12 next 12 months, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, upcoming commercial forecast event that y'all are putting on? Y'all, I went Southern. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, realistically kind of a longer in-depth version of what we're going over now, you know, how, how each one of those different sectors are going to be uh, impacted going forward and how interest rates are affecting the market, you know, just to give, give people a little better understanding of the overall uh, where we're at now, where we're going. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good event to, to allow people to get a better understanding of, of the commercial market. Awesome. Well, so I'm curious, back on KCRR, I know as a residential realtor, um, I, I recognize the benefit that KCRR brings. I'm curious, what are your favorite things that KCRR, or just give us one uh, thing of importance that KCRR can lend to a commercial agent's business? Sure. Well, um, the commercial side of KCRR, it's, it's really an event club i mean it's it, we are, we're like a social club really i mean mm -hmm. uh there are of course you know continuing education and all that stuff that we have to do but uh we have the kcrar you know golf tournament which brings in commercial agents from from all over the place that uh really gives everybody an opportunity to connect um we have an upcoming clay shooting event uh so really i would say that it, it, coffee for closers things like that you know we have all these different networking events where you email with people all the time and you never really get to put a name with a face and, and it gives you an opportunity to really shake somebody's hand and, and get to know them and see what they're working on and where you might be able to connect some dots and, and make some deals. Which in residential is important, but with commercial, it's it's critical. I mean, it's it's it is. largely about networking and, and the commercial side of things, isn't it? Right. It is. It is. Because, you know, I have, uh, like like all commercial agents, you know, you're either representing a landlord or a tenant. Uh, or a buyer and a seller. And, you know, a lot of times uh, on the commercial side, our buyers and sellers are usually the same people. So, you know, being able to say, hey, what are you working on? Are you bringing anybody new into Kansas City? Yeah, I am. They're looking for X amount of square feet. They want to be in this area. Well, great. Here's two listings that I have that might kind of feed that meet that description. So, you know, it is. It, it's definitely a networking thing. And, um, I want to say I, I probably talk to other commercial agents more than I'm talking to you know clients for the most part, just to figure out sure. where that next deal is going to go. So yeah, it, networking is, is it is crucial to our business for sure. Now we've all heard of CoStar and we've all heard of the different services that commercial agents typically have to be involved with. But I also heard recently, and I don't know if we could talk about it or not, but I heard that there is a recent partnership uh, that KCRR has entered into uh, with a uh, with a commercial database, I don't know anything about that. Do you do you know anything about that? Can you talk about that a little bit? I do know quite. I mean, I, I think I'm okay saying something about it. So, um, what what we have uh, experienced over the past couple of years is is a new platform called Crexy, 
And Crexy has come to, um, basically what they do is they are able to put all of the information out there to where everybody can have access to it. With, with CoStar, really, you need a CoStar subscription uh, in order to put your properties onto their platform. So what Crexy does is they kind of open it up, they check with our marketing team, they see what kind of new listings are out there, and they put them out there for anybody in the public to look at. So what KCRAR has done is with, with uh, a lot of the commercial guys already have their stuff on Craxy, but with the residential agents who might have some more commercial property that they're trying to either list for sale or for lease, they can now put that on Craxy as part of their KCRAR membership. That's phenomenal. That, that's really yeah. great. And hopefully that'll increase the, uh, uh, well, the eyes on properties like that. A lot of people, especially, it, it seems like residential agents who, who venture into commercial, if they're testing the waters on that, or if they really have a strong interest in doing it, they've got a little bit of a shock to their system when they get into it and they realize that, oh gosh, we don't really have all of the MLS rules, and it really is more about networking and knowing the other guys that are in the commercial space than it is your ability to search in a database. Um, and they're taking, it takes them by surprise. So um, I'm hopeful that that uh, helps the strong commercial agents out uh, so that you guys are, are aware of properties that um, you know might otherwise go unnoticed just because people don't have the means or uh, the ability already to to market those since they're not in those networking groups. I would I would definitely agree with that. I think that you know what what a lot of residential agents will run into is both clients who might also want to get into a commercial building, and you know they might not feel comfortable with that. But this kind of gives them an opportunity to get the get the product out there to where uh, maybe uh, another residential or a commercial agent could find it and work through that deal. And I, I see you know in the future, I do think that commercial and residential agents are going to be working together quite a bit more than maybe they have previously. Um, also, just kind of touch on this, it kind of filters in. Uh, CoStar recently acquired Homes.com. So I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but that is also going to, uh, again, push that narrative that commercial and residential agents are going to be working together quite a bit because um, those two platforms merging, I don't know if they're going to be separate subscriptions or what, but we're going to have, as commercial, have a lot more access to residential listings and residential agents, likewise, are going to have more access to commercial listings. So I do see that um, hopefully there's a little more camaraderie maybe than there was uh, previously. And, and we could all work together. We're all working towards the same goal, helping our clients and hopefully making some money in the process. So, you know, I think uh, overall, this Crexy deal, it, it should help um, at minimum just to get some get some product out. And that's, that's the main goal is marketing. I'm probably going to get in trouble for what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. You talk about, you know, Alex talking about residential uh, realtors jumping in and doing a commercial transaction here or there, which I'm sure that y'all in the commercial section are just like, oh, stop it. You have no idea what you're doing. But then you talk about the database and then it's like, oh, commercial agents can jump into residential and I can just hear all the residential agents going, ah. They can't do that, but it's okay for them to jump over to commercial, but it's somehow not okay for you guys to jump into residential. I just foresee the sky is falling, you know, from everybody like we like to do. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that definitely goes both ways, Bobby. It's a, it's a tough thing. You know, it, it's, 
you want to kind of, everybody kind of wants you to stick in your lane, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that we're going to have to learn to work together. There's just, there's no way around it. Um, as, as data and information gets out there more and more, I mean, of course, I always refer residential to a residential agent. Um, and I've had several referrals come to me, you know, people that go, hey, I don't do commercial. I don't want to learn to do commercial and I don't want to screw it up. And, and unfortunately, you know, they have to miss out on that deal in a sense. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be one of those things. I, it's not like uh, I don't feel like commercial is all that much more difficult than residential and vice versa. I think it's just two different animals that you have to kind of learn the process in order to do it effectively. Yeah. And when you come in thinking the process is the same for both, you're going to be sorely disappointed and <laughs> or shocked very quickly um, into it. Uh, Daniel, we're starting to come towards the end of our time. We want to be very respectful of the time we've asked of you today. So what else should we know about commercial real estate in Kansas City or even the U.S. as a whole? And what else should we be talking about? Yeah, I think it's uh, like I said, you know, last year, this year, been very strong years. I see it continuing. I I think that, you know, barring no uh, third, fourth, fifth form of COVID that comes out, uh, I think that, you know, it, people like to get out of their house. They want to go do things. They want to spend time with their family and friends uh, in a public setting, be able to go out and actually shop. You know, it, it's nice that that things have kind of come back to reality. And I hope that it continues. I do think it will. Um, I'm still thinking, you know, it's, next year is going to be just as good as this year, uh, if not better. So, you know, fingers crossed, everything stays on the on the path that we're going right now. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being with us. And and I know I appreciate your perspective on on everything mm-hmm. that's happening in the commercial market. And and I really appreciate your approach to uh, residential and commercial agents working together. I, I think you're, you're spot on on your prediction there. I, I really do. I, I see the same thing. Well, Daniel, it was awesome uh, having you on today. And uh, hopefully we can have you on another time. Yeah, I'd certainly be open to it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And if anything else comes up, feel free to reach reach out to me. I'm very easy to get a hold of. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel.